0: In this week's episode, I am talking about an important and really top of mind question for so many of you who are listening. The what, why, and how of governance. How do we even do this whole board thing? That's really, if we're honest, the question so many of us have in our minds. I have got a thoroughly enjoyable and meaty conversation with two really amazing thinkers on this topic, and in particular, the topic of liberatory governance. I'm talking with Natalie Bamdad and Ananda Venezuela of Change Elemental. It's an organization that partners across sectors to disrupt and transform systems of inequity and to create powerful vehicles for justice. Natalie and Ananda do a great job of breaking down what Change Elemental does and why it may so much sense for that organization to take on really the adventure of rethinking their entire governance structure. So this is why I wanted to talk to both of them and why we had such a blast in this conversation talking about today's episode, liberatory practices as they apply to nonprofit governance. I wanted to have this conversation on this podcast Because so many of my conversations inside my coaching program are about governance. How to support a board in governing effectively and in ways that feel values aligned. What structures and processes to set up to sustain, quote unquote, good governance practices. These are the types of questions I get. So I know this is a question that is on So many people's minds as they are building and growing and scaling their organizations. In today's conversation, Natalie and Ananda turn these questions on their head and provide real critical insight into an even more fundamental and important question, which is what do and should we even mean by governance? And how can organizations build governance practices that are responsive and accountable to their mission and constituents and that actually? like really actually move the work forward rather than just feeling like year after year of meetings and retreats. So this is my favorite kind of conversation. It's concrete, it's actionable, and it is truly thought expanding. If any of you listening are thinking about the why and how of governance, this conversation is going to give you a lot to think about and a bunch to act on. I will, of course, share all the links referenced in the show notes on my website. I hope you enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast, where every week I do a deep dive into the strategies and mindset behind launching, scaling, and leading a high-impact nonprofit. I'm your host, Rick Ritchie Babbage. Working to make the world a more just and beautiful place is messy, complex, heart-wrenching, and ultimately deeply joyful and fulfilling work. And none of us can do it alone. That's why I started this podcast, this mastermind community to hold space for and share the learnings and the questions and the grapplings and the actual concrete strategies that allow us to move our social impact work forward together so welcome to the mastermind i'm so glad you're here hi natalie and ananda how are you
1: hello
0: hi Brooke. doing well hey i'm doing great I'm so glad we're having this conversation. I've been really excited to talk to both of you for for quite a while now, so welcome. Thank you.
1: Likewise, we're excited for this conversation.
0: Yeah, thanks Um, so much for inviting us. Yeah. (laughs) So I'd love to actually kick off by sharing just more about Change Elemental and where you guys are and where you work. Um, your work is really rooted in the transformation of systems of inequity and the co creation of new models of social change, which just both are so near and dear to what I, what has been a, my passion, my sort of organizing passion for life, my professional life. And so I would love for my listeners to be able to tap into my excitement about this conversation and what we're going to be talking about governance and liberatory governance by getting a sense for who you guys are. Um, So tell us a little bit about your work to kick us off.
1: Great, yeah. Uh, We at Change Elemental have a vision for a world where power and resources are shared in just ways. And we are working towards that um, in two ways. One, um, making sure that know, the systems and structures that we're building today, prefigure that future where we are liberated, where we are sharing power, where everyone has what they need, um, and kind of pulling that future forward. Um, And also, as a way of figuring out how to solve problems that exist today, like that we're just like, not not just like prefiguring, but also being like, this sucks right now, how do we make it better? Um, And we do that um, through our work with uh, movement networks, social justice organizations, individual leaders, organizers, um, and also in our work internally, uh, to think about how we can create an organization, a group of people working together in ways that mirror that change that we're making outside externally.
0: That's one of the things that I really admire about your organization. Oh, the listeners can't see this, but there's just this beautiful cat right now that Natalie's holding. Yes,
1: my black cat, Bubs, has joined us.
0: <laughs> what witchy, is the cat's name?
1: Witchy assistant. Um, this is Bubs.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Welcome to the conversation. Um, so one of the things that I've always just really admired, and I followed your work um, you know, for quite some time, is the the combination or the dual work of the external work, the social change work, and the commitment to, I, I love the prefiguring, sort of the solving problems today and solving problems in ways that will address future problems, and the internal work. And part of why I was excited to bring you guys onto the show is because so many of the organizations that I talk to and work with want to do that also right they want to bring how they work internally how they structure themselves into alignment with their mission-based work and you guys are so intentional about that which I just love
1: yeah I mean if we if we can't figure out how to you know have liberated governance within our organization for example we have no business doing that That's right. Anywhere Externally. else? Externally, it's it's much yeah. it's
0: much harder. Yeah. So so let's let's dive into that. Um, we're going to talk today about liberatory governance, which we, we'll get into, and um, and you guys can sort of walk through what that means. But I'd love to start bigger picture, just with how you all are understanding and thinking about governance more generally. And just to give you a little bit of context, which I shared, you know, before we came on on air so many of the organizations that i work with are really grappling with governance what does governance look like what what are models of non-traditional board governance how can our board work together and so this is a really present topic for folks so let's start with governance how do you guys think about governance
2: Yeah, that's a wonderful question. You know, I'm coming from the board side, the governance team side, we don't even call it a board. Uh, I'm the co-chair of the governance team of Change Elemental and, you know, stepping back and looking at that question of governance, I think we started with naming that governance isn't, should not be equated with the board, right? Like the governance is this really deep work of power and decision-making and accountability. And, you know, we, we carry these narratives, these, these laws and rules that tell us that like somehow power decision-making accountability, it sits at the top of a pyramid, right? And the board is at the top of that pyramid and is the governing body undoing that narrative that we carry and thinking about it differently is the first step. And I think Change Al has done a really beautiful job of shifting that narrative and centering governance as this more holistic concept of how we hold power, how we make decisions and how we have deeper systems of accountability that go far beyond the board as somehow the one function that's
0: able to hold those roles. I love that and also will admit that it feels like a really big undertaking to me. (laughs) Just, you know, coming from a, and working in more traditional models where part of how people understand how to distinguish the role of say an executive director or a team of executive directors, which is becoming more common, which I love exploring sort of various roles of leadership. And the board has traditionally been a distinguishing, sort of between leadership and governance and so governance is a thing that is owned by the board and what I hear you saying Ananda is that's actually not even the right framework that's not even the right distinction to make. So is governance, do you guys see governance as something that is integrated into everyone's role in the organization? how How does what you're saying under translate into practice within an organization if we want to think more globally about governance or more expansively about governance?
2: Yeah, so I can take a little bit. I'll talk generally, but I really want to defer to Natalie to talk about change elemental. See so, you know I think generally, that stepping back looks like thinking about power differently. I always I love naming like the the wisdom that Cindy Suarez has has put out so clearly in the power manual. Like how do we shift to a liberatory power stance, right? The wow. power with instead of power over. How do we think about power in terms of natural hierarchies where each person holds the right amount of power for their role within a complex system, as opposed to assigning all the power to some people and none to the rest within a system. Right. So when we think about governance, how do we have that kind of ecology, nature perspective of how does each person in the system hold some power, step back and let others hold other types of power and hold each other accountable within that and get away from that kind of classic hierarchy mentality of what governance means that needs to be the top of a ladder.
0: Absolutely. And I hear sort of different kinds of power held in different ways simultaneously and integrated with one another. Mm-hmm.
1: and and you know, I want to just like underscore something that you named Brooke a minute ago. Oh, like the conflation then, the intentional conflation then of governance and leadership and like being on a board, like all of those things are actually like reflecting these, these same value systems. And so when we did work um shifting our board to a governance team that was in parallel to work shifting from a co-directorship model within our organization at change elemental to a more like multi multifaceted leadership model yes. with like a four person leadership team, advisors, yes. these pads within our organizations that feed into decision-making at the organizational level. So it's just like a question of how do we expand the pathways to decision-making mm-hmm. um, beyond just like these individual
0: like groups of
1: people or individual people.
0: I love that. I'm hearing two themes that are really exciting to me and I think really relevant to a lot of what leaders um, are struggling are thinking about and navigating. And one is the theme of accountability. And I personally think one of the really messed up things, <laughs> there are many messed up things about traditional board structures and governance and um, that you know we could talk about <laughs> over coffee some other time. But one of them that I've really struggled with is that the way traditional boards are often set up not in the model you guys are talking about accountability is a fiction it's it's something that either the board can choose to accept we will be accountable to our constituents to our staff to our partners or we won't and if we aren't then that sucks and there's not much that can be done about it right and so it sets up this weird. Fiction around genuine accountability that can be really hard to navigate and to pierce. And so, part of what I hear you talking about, Ananda, is how do you disrupt that, right? How do you take that apart? And then I also hear this, this theme of, I love this idea of pathways to decision making, right? Power and decision making aren't the same thing, but they're often conflated. And in, again, traditional structures, you have different pockets of decision-making, who gets to make which decisions, and they're separated and they're siloed and they're hierarchical. And so I hear a disruption of that also, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Who's on your governance team? How did as that a, come to be constructed?
1: As, as in like the people?
0: Oh, no, no, not the name. Oh, name. Okay. What types of people are they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. They is, uh, yeah, Okay, Yeah, you're like, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, we have folks that come from philanthropy, we have folks that come from um, global justice movements, that, that was like, is really important to us, like, how do we think about connecting the, like, work around or the political analysis around colonization and like anti blackness in the US to other things that are happening in the world. Um, we have folks that do organizational justice development work. Um, and I don't know what else am I missing, Ananda?
2: I think that's a great subset. You know, like I think that one of the key shifts here, right, is making sure that the the board actually reflects wisdom that a, deeply connected to the work being done on the ground, right? So instead of the board being a bunch of rich, old white men, (laughs) classic thing, it's actually folks who are doing similar and overlapping work in the field, in the sector, who have a lot of wisdom to bring to change elemental. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the shifts, right? It's like already, if you have a board that reflects the community you serve, that reflects the the services and programs you're providing, then they can provide a different lens on the work, right? And they're able to have a different level of conversation than folks who are several steps removed away from what's happening on the ground.
0: I think that's really powerful and important. And I just want to stay there for a second, because I think one of the, the, really frequent conversations i have with folks about traditional boards is how do we get the quote unquote right people on our board and more often than is great the way people are defining the right people is older white Rich, right? we have this idea in our minds of what a board, and it's really rooted in some of the structures, the hierarchies of power that you've been talking about, what the right board looks like. And what I as I hear you guys saying is your board, not just should reflect the work and the constituencies and the communities that you're working with, but should be positioned to be thought partners to you in that work. And I would imagine that changes who you're looking for. And that's partly what gave rise to my question, sort of as you're going out into the world to build your governance team, the questions you're even asking and the the profiles you're looking for, right? who you're looking to bring together, I would imagine would change.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing also that like, maybe initially I'm realizing threw me off about the question of who I was like, it made me focus on individual people and i think that not, our holding whole, yeah, thing, our whole right. thing is about how the collective is operating together yeah. we often we you know borrowing from adrian murray brown the concept of like mycelium yeah. borrowing yeah. from adrian murray brown and like nature yeah. the concept of mycelium <laughs> think about our 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 governance team as like a mycelial network and so it's like yeah. like the folks uh, how how is our governance team as a whole plugged into like broader movement spaces, like other groups and people asking this these questions, and and kind of becoming like a whole that's like much greater than the sum of its parts that are kind of feeding lots of different parts of the ecosystem, not just change elemental, but are like taking things from what we're learning out into other spaces too.
0: Amazing, very very powerful in terms of what the governance team can help the the impact that the governance team can part of and help the organization have
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so you guys write and talk about your exploration of liberatory governance and I would love to hear more about that that was one of the things that I reached out to you guys to to learn more about and talk about in some of my newsletters I've lifted you guys up as a really fascinating, which we'll get into in terms of how you have moved from a traditional board to a governance team in your process, but let's start with the nomenclature. When you guys talk about and write about liberatory governance, what do you mean? What is liberatory governance? That's
1: a really good question. I'm so glad you're asking because I think like the word liberatory gets thrown around a lot. And sometimes I'm like, even like shy away from like wanting to use it myself. And so what I really, what I really mean when I say that is um, a governance team that is accountable to the vision and the values um, that we want to like put forward in in the world uh, and kind of holds that as like, a primary their primary responsibility i think so often like boards can get stuck in like kind of like fiduciary responsibilities and legal responsibilities and like hr stuff and those are important trusted like like partners in this in the thinking about how to you know move our vision forward but that's not that's not the that's not what should be leading our work what should be leading our work is what we're Actually, trying to do in the world and we want to make sure that like those things are in order but it's not that's not the root of our decision making in a liberatory um environment
2: yeah i was talking to a board member of another organization that has a distributed a different power structure right from a traditional nonprofit, and they were talking about like you know we're a couple of years into this and i'm just still not sure what the board does exactly right so I think like this yeah. is a great question because liberatory governance can sound really beautiful and be really inspiring we could talk about our values and like alignment with love and equity and liberation. <laughs> and yeah. I love that. And at the end of the day, there's still the sense of like, Okay, but what do you do. <laughs> that was gonna
0: be my next. Question. <laughs>
2: So let's go there, right? Like, yeah. I think that um I think this is one of the sort of arenas that we've got some work to do, right? to try to to try to help people make make pictures in their minds of what we're actually talking about. And one way I found really helpful is to step back. right if we can if we have a shared definition and understanding of the concept of a minimum viable board, what we legally are required for a board to do period, no matter what, then we know our boundaries because we have to check those legal boxes. Yeah. Some entity has to do those things. Right. So you start from just that, as opposed to the many stories we carry about what boards are supposed to do. The of and which of they don't. and yeah,
0: <laughs> that's right.
2: If you can set aside all those stories, you have this like very basic framework and then you get to shift into this, this creative space, right? This possibility space of what, should this group of people do? How best can they serve the mission? How best can they serve your community? And that opens up this liberatory space. And I think what we're starting to see in a sector are these different concepts of what a liberatory board can look like. There's not one definition, there's not one way, but there's a couple of different like possibility spaces that are pretty different from the norm. Right, like I think about Change Elemental, the concept of a board as mycelium, as feeding and networking and, and bringing information in and out and learning together as a network. And then there's other places that where it's been like a board as a group of trusted advisors, but they're very removed, they do very minimal work. And that's the way that some of these organizations have shifted. They're like, because this board has to check these legal boxes, let's keep it very limited. So that then we have other entities, other groups where governance is held more deeply, and it's and we kind of take away the board as sort of a major player in that, yeah. that ecosystem. So, so I think like those are just that some piece, yeah. Yep, yeah. I think those are just a few of these sort of concepts now that we can start picturing in people's heads and start telling stories about when we say, okay, instead of just thinking, okay, I got to go to board source and follow the checklist of what a board is supposed to do, yeah. instead, let's talk about these different possibilities. For liberatory governance and let's sit with this question of which of these directions best serves our mission and our
0: communities and our values yeah and yes oh yes i, I really love it. so i realize i keep saying i really love it. it this It's <laughs> really interesting to me so i have more often thought about the sort of co-creation or the construction of organizational elements or the design of your organization either in the space of programs or in the space of like organization organizational design which is sort of my happy place right like how do you build the culture that is aligned with your structure That's it's like, like all those sort of pieces from an organizational perspective but Just to be totally transparent, usually in that design, the board has been a thing, right? It's one of the elements (laughs) that you want to bring into alignment with the other elements, but it's a thing. It's, you know, five to 15 people. It has a structure and that structure changes depending on the size of, right? All the things. And now I'm, I'm envisioning a separate design space, a separate play space, a separate co-creation of an entity that works alongside this institution that is the nonprofit and supports it, but is separate from it. it, is its own organism, which opens up a lot of fun i think as you're thinking about right we're we're trying to achieve our mission what does that look like programmatically what does that look like in terms of our team and the and the people power we bring to bear and then what does that look like in terms of governance and decision making and power does that sound liberatory does that sound yes <laughs> or, yeah.
1: yes that's so good that's such a good way of um of capturing it and then as that ha- like when the board stops becoming a thing but um, a group that is deeply relational and that is like plugged into a mycelium and a network, the 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 task shifts from how do I manage this group of people so that I can do what we need to do to get our work done to what are all the possibilities that could come from bringing these deep questions, these deep tensions, these deep polarities um, to this group of incredible folks who can help us figure
0: it out. Um, yeah, so so you guys have evolved in your own thinking in this area, right? And I you know we're talking a lot about where you are now in your evolution. Let's back up a little bit to how you got here because I also think that process, and you're really transparent about it, which I think is great. and you write a lot about your own learning and your own exploration and successes and and bumps in the road. I particularly love just to to lift up, hopefully we can talk about it, the use of the how might we question framework, which I just love as a a framework um, for organizational design and group work. But I'd love to talk about your process in getting here. What led you to want to explore new models of governance to begin with in your own organization? Was something broken or were you moving more positively, in a particular direction, why did you start down this path?
1: Um, oh, there's so many ways to answer that question, which is why I'm pausing. Um, the you know, five, six years ago, we had a very traditional, like kind of high functioning board um that was great. You know, it wasn't like, the, it was, it was fine. It was like, it was yeah. like, we are a good nonprofit and we were like doing boxes. good things and yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I think, I think a combination of things like there's just this question of like, is this it? This can't be it.
0: Interesting, like, I've never heard anybody say that about, about before. <laughs>
1: Like, and I think for me personally, there there's like a question about like what do I want to spend my life energy doing? You know, this like Groundhog's Day of okay, we have eight people on our board next year. Let's recruit three more people. Let's make sure that they're.
0: And what's our annual meeting going to be like? like, Our retreat, yeah.
1: It's um, you know, the 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 project of figuring that out. As like an ad- in addition to instead of as part of the work that we are doing is untenable, um, and so I think that that um, in in large part was driving the shifts. And and the and similar shifts were happening internally for us as we were rethinking like leadership transition yeah. and like what yeah. is the opportunity there. So how do we use like you know board transitions as 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 an opportunity that kind of mirrors like the things that we're exploring. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, and Brooke, you also brought up this, the, how might we question that we ask and this framework of experimentation, uh, and that, you know, I became familiar with that through my colleague, Allison Lynn, who really, uh, helped us build a more rigorous and intentional practice of experimentation at change elemental. Um, and the, the idea being like it, gives us permission to just even ask the question we don't need the answer it's just like how how might we do this it's yeah. it lo- I think it lowers the stakes in some ways yeah that makes it, it shifts the conversation
0: yeah it shifts the conversation I think a lot of angst and shame which is something I've talked and written about in nonprofit spaces comes from this idea that they're is some magical right way to be doing this I just have not found it right I in my role as a board member or a staff person or as a leader other people have figured out the way to do this without it being overwhelming without the board feeling additive as you said right or as part of it I just haven't nailed it yet and what I love about the how might we question framework is it shifts even how you think about it to realize no actually there's no right answer there's just lots of answers that could fit or not fit and so what are the possibilities and i think just from a mental health perspective it is freeing <laughs> you know if you're doing this work
1: mm-hmm.
0: so talk a little bit more about the process that you used right so you were sit- sitting in this space you look around you have this high functioning board you're checking the boxes you're doing the work you're like we we got this but Uh, there's something, there's something not as much as we would want, it doesn't feel as integrated and as aligned. And so what did you do next? How did you get from there to where you guys are now?
1: I guess I'll start, because that is actually, that process is how Ananda joined our board. I'm watching Ananda's book
0: to light up with a smile, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, and then maybe Ananda, I'll pass it to you to share a little bit about what it was like once you joined and from your perspective. Um, we started out with this, this idea of what if our board was on mycelium, like what if we thought about our board in that way? If we did, then what would we want to try or do differently? And that gave like kind of sprawled out into this uh, idea of an open call um, for folks who would be interested in joining our governance team in different explorations about what governance could even be and what that could look like. And A broader call for partners who wanted to be in that question with us, knowing that we only we only wanted to recruit a few people uh, to our governance team. And I want I think that that is actually I serve on on the board of a grassroots organization here in D.C., and that's actually how small grassroots organizations, like, often do their board recruitment. It's not, like, I know five people. Let me just reach out to them, get them on board, and, like, let's just kind of continue this, like, inner circle of all the people that we know. Um, And so that was an open call. We heard back from, like, I think 70, 80 people who were, like, we're so curious about these questions, too. We're interested in your um, what you all are doing and, um, the folks who ultimately joined our, our governance team were people that we, some people we were already in relationship with and folks we didn't know. We'd never, we'd never met before and are so glad to be in relationship with them now.
0: And so one of them was Nanda. <laughs>
2: Nanda. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so from your perspective, Ananda, how has this process gone? I mean, it sounds like you've been on the journey. How has that been as a participant in the governance team?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a beautiful learning experience. Yeah, I've been following Change Elemental for a long time. I see them as a thought leader in our field and you know, outside of Change Elemental, I do a lot of consulting on shared leadership and alternative organizational structures and I think that we're just tackling such beautiful and fascinating questions around how we do this work and how we hold power. And so getting to come into the kind of the middle of this process that Change Elemental was doing was really awesome. Like, we got to really explore these, these big open ended how might be questions around governance and decision making and do this co creation and one thing I'm sitting with about that process is I think it's very easy to focus on sort of like the shiny, like mycelium and network building and learning together and everything. And I think we did a good job of this sort of polarity management approach of holding that and and raising how important it is and holding the importance of accountability and taking a loving accountability orientation towards that. like. Uh, I just want to call out the the beautiful nonprofit quarterly article from Change Elemental's own Aja and and uh, Cad, and they uh, write about this topic really beautifully. And I think it calls in a lot of the values that I see at Change Elemental, and that that sense of like accountability being circular in all directions, right? Like, you know, Brooke, you were mentioning earlier the importance of holding boards accountable and how we need to shift that dynamic. And then I think there's another piece around how boards think about their role in accountability. It was beautiful getting to be part of this grand experiment where instead of accountability looking like, oh, the board's got to step in now and vote and decide on these things when they're hard, we went through hard times. But instead of having that orientation, it was like, oh, the board should know what's going on, should be asking hard questions, should be offering different perspectives, and should trust the staff should trust that the folks on the ground doing the work every day know the best path forward and how do we shift this orientation of accountability from like a power over stance to a power with stance where we're in this dialogue together we're asking hard questions but from a place of love from a place of knowing that we're stronger together if we build that trust we build those relationships to go deep when it's hard instead of
0: falling into this us versus them conflict stance Absolutely. And and you talk about hard times. What have some of the challenges been? Because it does strike me as I listen to both of you talk about the process that I think you're right, Ananda, right? You can sort of see where you are now and say, oh, we're going to lift up the shiny, beautiful parts of where we are and what we're doing and all of the things that are deeply values aligned for us. And I would imagine it's messy at times and that you have probably had some i i won't assign the word challenges but that it has not always been necessarily as clear as easy i'd love to hear about some of the challenges or things maybe you're still figuring out or working on as you continue your evolution in this space
1: mm-hmm. a couple of things come to mind the first one is at, at the beginning when we were in this sort of experiment and we we're like we want our born to be a mycelium some of our board members were like, what do you even mean?
0: <laughs> and that we were like, <laughs> everyone was like, yes, this is amazing. Or some people at least were like, huh?
1: <laughs> and and then and our response is like, you know what we mean because we picked you and you have like these skills. And so it's like, it sometimes can feel like an emperor's new clothes situation when our language is a little bit ahead, ahead of our practice. Yeah. And we're like, well, at, like, Simultaneously, nobody knows, but we all know because like, we're sharing this vision.
0: And it can be tricky because, and I thought about this when you said, even just the use of the word liberatory, mm-hmm. that you don't want to be the person in the room that raises their hand and says, could somebody just clue me in on what we mean by that, right? Like you, you sort of know enough to follow along, right? So I would imagine that happens sometimes in your conversations. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think we have to be in that practice of vulnerability. Like let's check in, like, what are we really saying when we say mycelium or what are we really saying when we say liberatory? And I think that what has served us well is it's like, is the focus on process and not so much product? It's not like let's figure out this perfect definition, but let's con- let's make sure that we're continuously when we're together realigning. It's like, what is it, what does that mean? What does our mycelium look like today? <laughs> what could it look like tomorrow? What and um, you know, using not just language and words, but metaphor and storytelling, well, storytelling, I guess could be words, but visual art and like. Lots of different ways of knowing to help us make those connections and align around shared meaning, especially for things that we might not have seen yet, or we've forgotten.
2: And for the folks who need it, we wrote down a very clear list of (laughs) responsibilities for covering this team. Yeah, we did
1: do that too. So it's like managing that tension. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yes. yeah,, I was going to ask another, you know, again, from your perspective as a person on the governance team, you know, how have you guys sat with that tension and the messiness? And, you know, and it I loved I love to hear that you wrote some stuff down, right? there, there's a the both and is wonderful,
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I think a piece there has been, like, First, just that we have such joy in spending time together. Like we're all we look that. at each other in the room. In we're like, we're "Wow, you're them. brilliant!" Like <laughs> everyone here is amazing. And so there's there's so much joy coming into these. How might we questions? These wonderings and possibilities. Doing what Natalie was describing, like there's a lot of generative energy that comes out of our spaces. And knowing that we are, we're moving important work forward. We do still support fundraising. You know, we do engage in some kind of typical board t- tasks while at the same time doing some things differently, like getting to be at the table with the staff in these generative conversations around the, the questions that staff are sitting with around how to do their work well and how do we like be in generative question spaces together instead of boards being seen at the place where the rubber stamp is <laughs> placed or the decision gets made at the very end when everything's already figured out.
0: Mm-hmm. or totally separate from I think that's another thing that a lot yeah. of organizations have is like the real work it's happening over here and then there's sort of this make work that the board's doing that mm-hmm. you know everybody feels burned out and you know you were talking to Natalie about like is this all is this all there is right nobody likes that feeling yeah
1: yeah and it, re- it that actually reminded me of the second this like second challenge or thing that we're working through which is when you're shifting from a power over model what what does power with look like what's replacing it yeah and I think for a while our governance team like we like it 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 took a minute for us to actually get to a place where we can actually be in generative conflict because that's what power with sort of looks like yeah. to me yeah. um not just like you all are impacted, you know, best. And like, we're going to go with it. But like this other piece about like, we're going to ask some hard questions, we're going to push you to take more risk. And um, I think that like, building the skills and the relationship needed to be and the trust needed to be able to do that is like also a big part of the work.
0: What's an example of a generative conflict that you guys feel like has arisen either as an outgrowth of this process or just because of the work that you know change elemental and the governance team do.
1: Uh, I mean, I think like one one place that like we have had like some discussion about is how risk seeking to be with our financial resources. Like, uh, what is the right level mind. of risk, and like, how do we, yes. how do we want to take those risks? And I think that that, I want to keep asking. That is important. I want our governance team to be asking us that question. That's like, that's the point. Um, and I want us to be intention around it because if you know, the answer is like, this is the risk we're going to take, and everyone's like, that sounds great. Like, if that doesn't feel risky. Actually, it must not, it must not be risky.
2: <laughs> if it's too um, easy, see, then easy. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, was <laughs> oh, sorry, I just I just echoing that, that like, it's like, what happened? And I was like, oh, yeah, that has been uh, such an area of generative conflict and, and, and it's brought up some really cool stuff. Like, I love that the staff then entered into this inquiry of, like, where could we put money that we haven't thought about it? And investing money in amazing grassroots organizations on the ground, like being able to give away some of this wealth that Change Our has to support other really crucial work that's happening that's related. But in a normal nonprofit context, you wouldn't think to turn around and hand $10,000 of your money to another organization out there doing work. And I think it's really amazing and inspiring that Change Elemental is taking those kinds of steps. And that part of that has been seeded be- by this sort of generative conflict stance of like embracing and stepping into these interesting conversations between the governance team and staff.
1: Yeah, I, you're making you're reminding me, and out of that that tension actually gave birth to like lots of different experiments related to money at Change Elemental and was kind of the beginning of this pathway to where we are now where we're rethinking our compensation approach and like thinking about how like we wow. can, um, you know, be uh, in deeper alignment with equity and how we um set salaries and, and compensation.
2: And also staff. just super cool that actually, the governance team was the one wanting to be more risky. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. one of the people who is like, "Can we spend some more money?" Yeah. I, I remember feeling really weird about it at first. Like, "Oh, I don't like. I'm on the governance team. Should I be <laughs> like telling them to spend more money? Like, this is weird." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and just so crazy to say them. one this thing when kind of almost state. never happened. Here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I mean, that's the point of generative conflict and generative discussions is to give rise to and to create space for new things to emerge right something and you talked earlier natalie about the 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 sum being greater or the whole being greater than the sum of the parts i think that's true for the decisions and um and ideas that arise from generative spaces also is that you arrive in this place that nobody even contemplated when you started down the path Um, and that's that's one of the promises that I'm hearing as an outgrowth of being willing to think in more expansive ways about shared decision-making, shared power, shared governance, et cetera.
1: Yes. And that is necessary. And that is actually a necessary condition. And like that emergence is a necessary condition to get us to this like Impact. Goal, this end place that you know we haven't experienced yet fully of like a liberatory world and like shared power and shared resources like if we think we already know what the path is going to look like to get there and exactly what we need then we're probably I don't know I'm, I'm guessing that we're probably not going to get there I'm not sure <laughs> if we have like total clarity and a complete plan I'm like I, I feel a little bit dubious about it <laughs>
0: You feel like you've thought through everything. There's that's clearly not true. So yeah, you're, that's not you're gonna work. Actually, that's right. Right. did
1: you experience 2020? Right. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so I'd love to bring us. I don't want to come to a close, but I I would love to sort of wrap up with this. I would love for each of you to share a key lesson or takeaway that. Listeners of this episode who are sitting in their own spaces in some position in a nonprofit, in a philanthropic space, in a social impact movement, and who are thinking about governance and power or boards, what's something that you recommend they think about? What's a takeaway that you'd like to leave? You only get one, so make it good. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sort of what's one key lesson that you'd love to leave each of you? I think coming from an action
2: stance, my invitation to staff and to boards would be like come to a shared understanding of what a minimum viable board, what legal requirements actually truly are because you almost certainly are wrong if you think you know what those are. And then use that very boundaryed framework as a leaping off point to imagine into what governance can and should be, and what best aligns with your values and the work you're doing.
0: I love that, and I love the act. I'm a very sort of how do we put this into action? So that's a really great, just even starting place, right? So for people who want to say, how can I take the first step? What about you, Ali? Yeah,
1: I love that. Um, what you just shared, Ananda. Uh, I. The thing that comes to mind feels like really simple and kind of a duh thing, but I think it's answering this question of like, what are we actually here to do together and grounding in, um, a shared vision first, because I think in some ways, the way that nonprofits are structured for like form comes before function and purpose.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So often. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, that's where a lot of the angst and the stress and the tension and the resentment and the shame can come from is I'm not getting this form right. And it's because it's divorced or not aligned with what are we actually here to do? What's our purpose? What's our shared purpose? Yes. Yes. So I know people are going to want to learn more about Change Elemental and what you guys do. As I said, you've written really wonderfully and transparently just about your process in thinking about governance and your evolution and that thinking, but also shared leadership and just sort of organizational growth processes. Where can folks go to learn more about the work that you guys do?
1: Um, I just want to check in. Can you hear my puppy, my foster puppy crying in the background? Okay, good. No. Okay. This is like this, uh, an episode of welcome to Natalie's pet zoo or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> She's, She's like
1: very sad to be on the other side of the door right now, but um the so resources yes so of course like change elementals website we have a blog where we share very openly about the work that we're doing we have a a deck of cards and workbook coming out that we have been working on in partnership with um. Well, actually a couple, a couple decks of cards.
0: I am so into decks of cards. It's like a random thing. (laughs) I love (laughs) them.
1: Yeah. It's just like, oh, like a a way of distilling a lot of learning that we've done within our organization with other groups. Like the one that I'm thinking of in particular, we have been working on with this network, leveraging a network for equity. Um and Sage Crump at thinking about like what does liberatory organizational infrastructure look like? What what might that be?
0: It's amazing. Yes, that's great. When do those come out? When does that uh,
1: that hopefully will be out at the end of the year? Um, and we'll be sharing about that. Uh, the best way to keep in the know is to sign up for our newsletter on our website. Um, and then we. We also have like different um, webinars coming up. Um, we just did one on sociocracy, which is like, uh, you know, just like another word for liber- liberatory governance, I think, or shared yeah. shared power and decision. Shared power, absolutely. Yeah, and and we'll be sharing about that um in our newsletter. Um, Ananda, what else? What am I missing? And or and what do you have going on? I feel like you have so many. <laughs> you're always just like sharing knowledge with
2: with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. So needed. <laughs> uh, a couple more resources. I mean, I do, I do consulting, so you can find me at org, but out in the network, some things coming to mind is um, the uh, Nonprofit Democracy Network is doing the Collaborate to Collaborate learning series right now, which is very interrelated with this, these kinds of questions. And then the Liberatory Leadership Partnership is doing beautiful work around this related question of what is liberatory leadership and how does that show up. And then the um, Nawa, right? National no, the they just changed their name. Nonprofit Association of Washington is doing a reinventing boards summit on September twenty seventh, and they're oh, inviting yes. in. There's some great folks out in Canada who are doing cool work around reinventing governance. And so they're bringing those perspectives in as well as some Washington-based nonprofits that are playing with different governance forms.
0: Fantastic resources. I'm gonna note all of these in the show notes along with links to both your organization and your website, Ananda. This was a great conversation, even better than I knew it was gonna be. You guys are just really, really, doing exciting work and I am always so inspired by people and organizations who who really do the hard work to try to live and work in alignment with their values and it is hard work and I just think you guys do it really admirably and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience on on this podcast.
1: Thank you so much Brooke. Thank you for bringing us together. I feel like I learned so much just in this in this short time with you all.
2: This is wonderful. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon, guys.
1: Have a good afternoon.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. If you want to begin to put into practice a lot of what we talk about here on this podcast, I encourage you to download the Architecture of Impact Toolkit at richiebabbage.com backslash Architecture of Impact Toolkit where I translate what I talk about on this podcast into really great and actionable worksheets and toolkits so you can execute everything in your own organization. If you liked this podcast, I would also love for you to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you think that what we talk about here could benefit another leader in your life, please share with your friends. Finally, if you'd like more leadership in your life, you can sign up for my weekly five minute read, Leadership Forward 321 newsletter. I send articles, resources, and inspiration every week curated around a leadership theme to help you lead your nonprofit better. You can sign up at richiebabbage.com backslash leadershipforward321. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.